This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. We're back together again, but it seems like we haven't left. I'll explain next on ESPN New York Tonight. Join us at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardest to ESPN at Gordon Damer at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM along with JP and Brian the Brain. We're here until midnight. Then there's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, is that you? Larry, my name is Gordon Damer. Uh, you're Larry Hardesty. It's nice to meet you. It's nice to be introduced to you. It's been a while, my friend. Oh, I know you. Time. I know you. I know you, Mr. Big Morning Show guy. Oh, oh I know yeah. you. Oh, I know yeah. you. You know me, right. <laughs> my my reputation been? for positivity and bringing people together precedes me, Larry, of course. I know it does. Yeah. D- despite recent situations, which oh, you had nothing to we, do with. We got a lot, Larry. We got a lot. <laughs> We got a lot. It just man. happened that way. It was nothing you did, I'm sure. Oh, my Lord. We got a lot, Larry. We got a lot. Uh, two hours? We might need more. Kick, call Freddie and Fitz. We're going to need an extra hour tonight. We've got too much stuff to get to Oh, my evening. God. It's unbelievable. You know, I was enjoying vacation, Gordon, having a good time. You know, the Mets showing the little signs because they had the weakest part of the schedule. They were doing well. And I was in such good voice. And then yesterday, oh, he did it to me. Oh, the magician who makes leads disappear. <laughs> Edwin well, Diaz. You know, I was yelling and fu- screaming. Oh, it was unbelievable. It's funny because even when the Mets were going poorly, the one thing that was really like, if you play bingo, right? Like what can go wrong will go wrong. The one thing that was missing during that real bad stretch against the Dodgers and Giants was a big blown save from Diaz mm-hmm. because he didn't get into games because you never had a lead. That's right. So, uh, and you just kind of know that there's going to be a point, right? The, like It's almost like watching a movie, and, and you know in the back of your mind the villain's not dead, right? Like it, It's going <laughs> to pop up again at some point. You know yep. it's going to pop up again at some point. They've been foreshadowing it the entire movie, and sure enough, yesterday it popped up again. But, Gordon, you heard in the open, and it's amazing. It is amazing. When we were together last time, we were talking about the Yankees were struggling, yep. right? And the Mets were, you know, up and down, getting some wins. But, you know, like I told you, I was still in the back of my mind worried. Then you go to mornings doing a great job for Rothenberg while he's on vacation. And the Yankees just go wild. Like, who is this team? They, they, they go wild. They end up like four games behind the Rays. And there's, you know, there's that little bit of saying, ooh, look what happens. Ooh, right. look, they, maybe they could make another run. Ooh. And then in the back of your mind, you're like, did they? And, and this is funny because Spike has called and we've had this conversation back and forth about peaking too early. This is what peaking too early looks like. <laughs> well, it's, I, you know what? Like when they went on the winning streak. Part of you thinks, all right, well, this is finally the team that we've kind of been, not 13 in a row, but this is Mm -hmm. kind of finally the team that we've been expecting to see. And I I think for a lot of us, I know for me, even though I was reluctant to buy back in because it's so on brand for this year's Yankee team to just blow opportunities and blow good vibes whenever they can, but you kind of started when it gets to 13, you're thinking to yourself, all right, maybe this is the reset. Maybe this is... You're going to reset what your expectations are, and maybe they catch the Rays, maybe they don't, but this is now kind of resetting where this team is at, and now the more you get further away from that winning streak, it is, it's exposed as being the outlier on the season, that the rest of the season is the real reset, and that 13 games, while it was great while it lasted, really is not indicative of how this team has played for the majority of the season. And here's what's so scary about that as they lose another one, 5-1 to Toronto. Here's what's so scary about that, Gordon, was the way you won those games, those players are not in the lineup now, and now you're losing games and you're starting to hear more conversation about, hey, how come there's no stolen bases? How come there's no? Now, the power has, up until the past couple games, you've had power. I mean, Sanchez had two home runs. You've had, you've had long ball during the streak. The ball was flying out of the ballpark. But now, once again, you've come into that scenario of not scoring enough runs. The bullpen has just imploded. Yep. You know, we talk about the Met bullpen, but, you know, the Yankee bullpen right now because of injury. I mean, Luisica couldn't have gone yep. down at the worst possible time. And speaking of injury, now Gary Cole leaves today. 
with a hamstring injury. I mean, that's your ace. Take it from me who haven't had an ace in a couple of months. This is not good. No. I mean, and, and it, look, it, it seems like when he first leaves, you're thinking to myself, oh, my God, well, the season's over, right? Like, if he's going to miss, if it's something with his arm, if it's something with his shoulder, if it's something with his elbow, it's all, it's all over. Uh, now, it looks like it's going to be a hamstring. It's apparently a mild hamstring, so I'm sure he's going to miss some time. I don't know how much time. But it's almost like the reverse of what happened during the win streak, right? Like in the win streak, if you needed, uh, if you needed to score, you know, if the other team scored three runs, you scored four or five. If, you, if the other team didn't score any, you'd score one or two. There'd be a blowout here or there, but for the most part, those were close games, and you would do just enough to win those games. And now the offense has kind of gone in the tank again. I mean, they had the, the, the one game where they scored a bunch of runs against the Orioles, but the first game they win, in, they need extra innings to get that win, 4-3, um, they're just not scoring runs. And then when they do score runs, it's everything that can go wrong does go wrong. So the days where they do score runs, the pitching doesn't hold up. When the pitching does hold up, they don't score any runs. So um, it, it's – look, I'm not – you know me. I'm not one to, to panic about the Yankees. Mm-hmm. But if you're a Yankee fan who wants to make the postseason this year, I think it is time to panic, clearly. you got to be a little concerned. There's no question about it because you, there's nothing right now that you can point to that the team is doing well. Nope. Right? The, the, the starting pitching is not consistent. You, the bullpen is just worn out because the starters aren't going five innings. And unfortunately today, because of Cole's injury, he leaves early. He at least went six or seven for you. So you don't have that. The bullpen, you're just, you know, when, when Boone calls down there, he's like crossing his fingers, his eyes, and all his toes, trying to figure, hopefully this guy will get me out of this situation. And then they're not hitting again. And once again, Gordon, it's the, ground, the double plays have popped back oh up again. Oh, my goodness. I, I, it, look, to me, when the epitaph of this season is written, assuming that there's not some major change, uh, to me, the, the thing you got to figure out for next year and moving forward is what the heck has happened to the offense. You know, like between Glaber Torres uh, or even Urshela, uh, the, uh, really outside of Judge consistently over the course of the year, and Stanton, when he has gotten hot, this offense has just not been the offense that you expected to get. Uh, LeMayhew has not been good. Obviously, Glaber has not been good. Uh, Brett Gardner wasn't expected to play as much as he does, but, I mean, he's, he's an everyday player for you pretty much. I mean, he's out there a lot. Sanchez has had his moments um, and has been better than he was the last couple of years. But this offense, that's where this season to me, has gone sideways. Their offense just does not – has never really shown up. Outside the 13-game winning streak, they had a hot streak earlier on in the season. But this offense has never been the offense that you thought you were going to get coming into the year. And Joey Gallo's been abysmal. Oh, my gosh. He's been abys- – uh, well, defensively, he's been good. Right. Give him credit defensively. He's done a nice job. But we knew he was going to strike out. But, Gordon, give me some home runs. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, he has been bad, no question about it. But I, I just don't know what people thought they were getting. You know, like people would say, well, he strikes out all the time. Yeah, that's Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo strikes out. Well, you know, he's only hitting like 150. Well, I mean, that's lower than what you would expect, but it's not that much lower than you would I mean, if you get him to hit 220, that's kind of a lot for him. I mean, he does not make contact all that much. He's going to hit some home runs. He's going to get on base on walks. He's going to play nice defense. He's got some speed. But if you're looking for a guy who's going to kind of make the engine go of your offense, he's not that guy. He, no. he's, he just does not make enough contact, and he does strike out a ton. Of, I mean, he's a guy that strikes out consistently 200 times a year. So when they got him, I remember saying, boy, the Yankees certainly have a type, man. They, they, they like one type, and, and he certainly fills that bill in terms of power, walks, not a lot of contact, batting average is going to be bad. He has some athleticism, but uh, this is kind of, like this is what a Joey Gallo slump looks like, mm-hmm. right? Like if you, if your high point is is two twenty with a bunch of home runs and striking out thirty uh, percent of the time, a Joey Gallo slump is going to be hitting like one fifty, not a lot of home runs and striking out forty 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 five percent of the time. <laughs> this is just you know you're hoping that eventually he gets hot and, and kind of offsets some of the the ugliness here of the last three weeks. And no walks. I mean, at least he yeah. walked in Texas. I mean, he he's used not even, to, and he used to never, doing he that. To, he never used to hit double plays until he got here either. So I don't know what the <laughs> hell's going on. He's caught the bug. He's he caught the bug. And listen, this is the worst time for an offense to go into a slump when you're facing the Blue Jays who score, what, 1,000 runs a game? They, they all, they've got a bunch of runs all the time. And, and home run, you know, power up and down yep. the order.
You know, they had the, the, the guy who had the, the two home runs tonight. I mean, Simeon you know, got, is just like, he's worn you guys out. Yep, yeah, absolutely. He's, he's, a, he's a good player. Um, he is. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- this offense to me is going to be the story of the season. And the Yankees almost feel like a team that's like um, is stumbling towards the finish line at the end of a long race. Unfortunately, they're not at the end of the race, right? Like the race still yeah. has a law, you know, 20, what is it, 25 games they have left, 24 games they have left. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. still a lot of games. I mean, this, yeah. this, this lead, luckily – it's been the other teams outside of the Blue Jays have kind of kicked it around as well. The Red Sox have kicked it around. The A's have kicked it around. I really don't, uh, you know, I'm not really all that concerned about the Mariners. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, the reason why the Yankees are sitting where they are right now is more about the other teams than what the Yankees have done. Yeah, there's no question about it. And then there's the Mets. Gordon and Sandy Alderson spoke about Jacob DeGrom. Oh, you you cannot wait to hear <laughs> I what I think we Sandy might do answers with Sandy a little bit later on, you know? Oh, no, you know what? We're not even going to wait. When we come back, we're going to hear from Sandy Alderson, the Mets president, who now it's a sprain or no tear. Uh, uh, well, he'll explain next. We'll get to the calls in a minute. But, Gordon, you know, Jacob DeGrom has been out since early July. And the Mets are finally admitting, finally admitting that he was more hurt than previously believed. President Sandy Alderson told reporters today that his ace suffered a sprain identified as a mild tear of the UCL in his pitching arm. Sandy, what does a sprain mean for DeGrom? So a sprain is the lowest grade partial tear, if you will. Right. Okay. So at this point, the sprain has resolved itself. The elbow is, at this point, perfectly intact uh, based on the MRIs and our clinical evaluation through our doctors. So that's just a technical term that yeah. the doctors have used. We don't use it routinely, but it's another, another term for a very mild ligament condition. All right, Sandy, what else can you tell us about this sprain? Which ligament? His right elbow. We're talking about UCL. UCL, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, partial tear of his UCL, then. Yeah, but look, somebody goes out with a headline that it's a partial tear. Right. That's what a bruise is. A bruise is a partial tear of the muscle, okay? So don't, you know, let's not go out there and, yeah. and you know, write as if this is anything new. It's not. Sure. Okay? And it's, it's a very low-grade thing that has resolved itself. Come on, Gordon. <laughs> Come on, Gordon. You got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. I'm sure this is the last we'll ever hear of it, right? I mean, according to Sandy, it's repaired itself. (laughs) Who would have thought, right? And I like how he's making it out like this. This is old news, guys. You guys have been telling us the entire time it's been inflammation. Mm Mm-hmm. And forget, look, maybe in, 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 in medical circles, inflammation is the same thing as what he's talking about now, but that's news to us. We're not doctors. So when you say inflammation, he's dealing with some inflammation, that doesn't sound like a big deal. I don't care how small the tear is. When I hear UCL, that immediately sends off alarm bells. <laughs> yeah, that's a big deal. And, and look, there are guys who sometimes pitch with tears in the UCL, and if it's going to go, you just let it go. You know, you let it go and, and, and maybe that's the way that things will end up going. But I, I like how he's just kind of brushing it aside. Like, well, don't make a big deal out of it. Mm-mm. No, it's kind of a big deal. This is, this is your ace. This is your franchise. This was, at the time where he was still pitching, the best pitcher in the sport. And you're telling us now, well, he did have a partial tear of his UCL. And, but don't worry. It's taking care of itself. He's healed himself, Larry. He's that good. Here's the thing. If it wasn't such a big deal, why are you just telling us it's a tear now? Exactly. That's how big a deal it is. You didn't want to tell us. That's how big a deal it was. Very simple. Very simple. All right. Do you now, think he pitches mm-hmm. at any point this year? I don't want him to pitch any I don't want him to pitch this year. And I know that there are some who said, Well, listen, he needs to pitch so you know what you have going forward. Guess what? Look at this starting rotation. You're gonna need help anyway. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, you're gonna, you, you almost you're have, have to, to prepare. Yeah. I mean, even if he's if he says he's healthy, you almost have to prepare in any way that you can to to make sure you have an extra starter next year to 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 kind of cover in case the worst case scenario happens, right? I mean, Buster only has been on this for a long time. He, he's mm-hmm. he talked to people and he said, you know, it's been this many years since he had. Usually, it lasts about seven eight years. I think for for Degrom, it's been eleven years since he's had it. So. 
Um, yeah, that's not, you know, for something that was inflammation and, and, you know, not that inflammation is nothing. And the fact that it's popped up as many times as it has, it clearly is a concern. But now to hear that, well, no, actually it was a partial tear that that can that that's got to make you almost feel nauseous right here and that right off the bat. And they sent him back out there, Gordon. They sent him it. back on multiple occasions. I don't get it, man. On multiple occasions. They sent him back out there. It feels great. Okay, go back on the pitch. You have to protect the player from themselves. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <sighs> and, and look, I know guys do pitch with tears. Uh, in but the not UCL. him. That's, that's the, right. not yeah, this that's guy. Not supposed, yeah, that's not, that's not really what you – it's not ideal. Let's put it that way. Give me a break. Also, there's, there's almost no way for this to go where you're not going to be thinking about it all. Like it's almost like Porzingis. Remember when Porzingis came yep. back? It was like you're just waiting for something to go wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly. now going to be going into next year almost waiting for something to go wrong. Well, like you said, you have to have another pitcher available at least. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and it's kind of hard to fill that void. But yeah, I mean, you're going to have to. Have, you you almost have to approach it like you don't have him. Yeah. You got to approach it that you're not going to have him for, for much of the season. That's how much you have to – you almost have to approach it like you did with Syndergaard this year. We're not going to have him, but for maybe half the year. Maybe. And look at the rotation, Gordon. I mean, are you bringing Carrasco back? I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know. Mar- Marcus Stroman is is, uh, is is counting the dollars in his head right now. I mean, and rightfully he so. He's been great. Oh, he has uh, but, been. Yeah, I mean, how desperately do the Mets need to bring him back now? Desperately. Desperately. Desperately, they need to bring him back. And and who else is rounding out this this rotation? And Syndergaard's a free agent. Are you bringing him back? You haven't even seen him pitch this year. And if he does, you're not going to see him throw any break. What was it? He's not going to throw the slider? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's not allowed. Yeah. He's not allowed. So you made an interesting point, Gordon, and that's what one of the reporters asked Sandy Alderson about team spraying and Tommy John. Here's what the Met president had to say. Sometimes teams say sprain. And then next thing you know, it's Tommy John. But that seems like it's not the case here. It, no. it resolved Look, itself I just, already? I just told you that the, the ligament is perfectly intact at this right. point. So whatever uh, condition existed before, it's resolved itself. And that's one of the reasons that he didn't pitch for a period of time. All right. So, you know, listen, that's one of the many problems the Mets have had off the field <laughs> since we've been away. They've yeah, had some I, other issues off the field as well, Gordon. Right. Well, I mean – Go back to the trade deadline. So they knew that DeGrom had a partial tear of his UCL, and the one move that they went out and made was to go get Javi Baez. That's the only move they made. Mm-hmm. And back then, they were still in, you know, they were still in first place, right? That's right, I mean, yeah. When I went away, that was, th- that was the series they were going to open up on the Friday against the Phillies, right? They still, I think, mm-hmm. they had a half-game lead, either their half-game yep. up or half-game back, so it was still that was going to decide uh, the, the National League East at that point in time. So, but to just kind of, you know, to, to spring this on us and then make it out like, well, it's not a big deal. I don't know why you guys are making it a big deal. And now it's healed itself. It's, it's going to yeah, – Larry, again, sure. I'm sure this is the last we'll ever hear about it. It makes me wonder, Gordon, um, if this started back throwing 100 miles an hour in spring training. It's got to make you that. was the pull – if that if that's where you know not that he heard it then, no. but that extra pulling, you know what I'm saying? The extra, yeah. yeah. And some people say maybe he got a swing in the bat. I guess that's possible, possible too. Possible too, sure. You, I you mean, know. it's kind of unknowable. You'll never know. But I mean, yeah. like as Buster said, Tommy John surgeries kind of have a, a normal shelf life. I think he said generally it's about seven eight years. It's been much longer than that for Degrom, but it uh, it's always going to make you wonder, right? I mean, the guy's throwing harder than he ever has before. Mm-hmm. He's dominating more than he's ever done before. Um, so, yeah, it's going to make you you wonder, like, maybe the, there was a price to be paid for those extra, you know, one or two miles an hour. I mean, yeah. he was throwing more pitches over 100 miles an hour than just about the rest of baseball. Mm-hmm. There might be a price to be paid for that. It looks like it was. Looks like it was. God, this Met game is still going on. They started at 20 to 7. <laughs> what are they doing? What is this, a doubleheader? And it feels long just watching the Marlins because they're dread. I oh, mean, they, they are, are so dreadful. Bad. They don't do anything well. Oh my god! I mean, I guess they pitch halfway decent, but woof, their defense is. I mean, they make some plays in the field that you're like, man, they need the Tom Mansky videos. I mean, they are that bad. I mean, how could they have not lost more than the Orioles in a row? What they always lost nineteen in a row. How does this team not lose twenty twenty one in a row? I don't know. They're awful. They are awful. This is such a it's brutal. It's brutal. Augustine and Damon are back together again. I missed you, Gordon. 
I miss you, Larry. I mean, waking up at those 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I, mean, I missed a lot of things. It was difficult. That's not an easy thing to do. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. It isn't. And listen, you did a great job. You did a great job there early in the morning. That's you I know, just have to that. be up and at them and get people out because you're talking to people who want who want who are trying to wake up so you can't be sleepy. Right, <laughs> and, and and it's a difficult adjustment because the beauty of this time is you get to watch the game, right, and then you get mm-hmm. to react to the game. And a lot of times, Yankees were out on the West Coast at times. So it's like, when do I, when do I go to sleep? When do I, do I, you know, obviously I'm going to record the game from some point. I want to be able to, you know, get a good sense of the game. Uh, and sometimes that decision was made for me because I just wake up on the couch. But uh, if, if, if the Yankees continue to play like this, it'll be a little easier falling asleep because you will <laughs> fall asleep watching this offense that does absolutely nothing. They have really been struggling. They really have. Off to the phones we go with Spike in St. Pete. Hey, Spike, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Well, good evening, and I missed you both. Uh, I know you were you know, staycation, Larry. I'm happy you could uh, rest up. Gordon, I spoke to you while you were on, and again, you did a terrific job. A terrific job with Canty. It was just, uh, didn't miss a beat, and uh, very enjoyable for us regulars. Now, here's the, that's the good news. The bad news, as it uh, looks like the baseball season, I know there's 20-some-odd games left, but uh, I've talked to both of you about this for a long time. I don't think a team can succeed in the playoffs formats without a closer. That's at least 90%. And, uh, you know, I don't know. The Mets look like they're five runs ahead. If they bring uh, Diaz in, so be it. But uh, Colin gave me, I thought it was 25, but it was a truncated season. He had 20 home runs in the last three seasons, of which it was like two and a half, you know, two and a third. I'm not a fan of his. Uh, I think it's in his head. And Chapman, Gordon, how many times did we talk about that? It's, i got to leave the room. It's, you can't watch him. It's gut-wrenching yeah, to watch Chapman. And unfortunately, with the it, Yankee bullpen, it's not just Chapman, right? I mean, it's been different guys at different times. Loisic, as great as he's been, has had some, some blips. Uh, Chad Green's had his blips. Um, you know, just about every guy in that pen has had his issue. You know, Britton, when he was here, he's had a terrible season. So uh, the Yankees, He was bad. No, yeah, he was I mean, outright bad. The Yankees generally can rely Michael, on Michael- – on yeah, the I, offense I and Michael the bullpen, today. and they have not done Go ahead. I'm sorry. Steve. No, but I, told, I mentioned to Michael today that Luizic um, uh, uh, reminded me of Mendoza to the point that he would pitch, you know, uh, as much as he had to, four, five, six, seven, you have to pitch a three. And uh, he was about as consistent as anybody in the bullpen. I don't think you disagree with that. And you lose him, and now uh, my stepson and his girlfriend were at the game, Tonight, and if you watch the Yankee game, uh, the first inning you saw what was happening. Judge was just missing and fouling off balls, and and again they they look empty. So without a closer, and if Cole's out, if it's a hammy, it's going to well, he's not running the bases, but it's going to be a couple of weeks, and they may back into it. Because it's just sad because there was such enthusiasm when they were running and gunning and stealing bases, and then it went back to three-run homer. But uh, that's the way it is. Anyway, I'll leave with you guys with, again, great to have you back together. It, it's a real treat for us regulars and anyone else who calls. And we have Thursday the football starts, so that'll take front, be front and center. Yeah. Uh, I don't think any of these teams are going into the World Series. And in six, six weeks, Knicks camp, Larry. So that's right. <laughs> count, count your blessings, my friends. Yeah, Spike, you know what you're telling us, and thanks for the phone call. You're telling us summer's over. <laughs> That's yep. what he's telling us, Gordon. Absolutely. Summer's well, over. <laughs> you don't need to tell me that. I got a wife who's back at work as a teacher. I got the kids going on Thursday. So, yeah, I was uh, I was singing the Johnny Mathis song, uh, It's Over, Baby. You know, it's a, a too much, too little, too late. That's the song I was Ooh, singing to them because it's over now. So, uh, yeah, the summer's over, and... Look, I'd like to talk a little football tonight. It'll avoid any conversation. I'll talk U.S. Open. I'll talk some golf. I'll talk whatever you want. I just want to avoid the the Yankees. Do you realize the Yankees did not have an extra base hit or a walk tonight, Larry? That is the first time in, I think it's back-to-back games they did that since the 60s. It's amazing. Wow. That's really, they are really slumping. They really are slumping. And... It's just our secret because your wife's going to bed, the kids have gone to bed. You mean you have the house alone tomorrow? Oh, it's it's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> I, I mean, I absolutely love it, Larry. Uh huh. Okay. All right. Just our secret. Just our yep. secret. Buddha's in the Bronx. He's next on ninety-eight seven ESPN. Hey, Buddha. I know you, and you know me. 
<laughs> I know you, and you know me. It's been a minute. It's been a five story without you guys, man. Oh, man. We've been listening to a lot of Freddie and whoever. <laughs> hey, Gordon. Uh, up, you, you mean Carlin was doing that one, too? Yeah. We missed y'all, man. For real. Like Spike said, we missed y'all a lot, man. Oh, God. I just got it's good to be back. New man. York. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you're back. Trust me, Spike ain't never lie. But, um, you know, I just got New York baseball and then New York baseball transition to New York football, like you said, Gordon. Um, uh, with the Mets, I don't know if you guys ever saw the Chronicle of Riddick, but uh, mm-hmm. Luis Rojas, Randy Alderson, uh, when the law marshal was fighting your man, I'm <laughs> getting diesel. He said, these are their final moments. <laughs> these are their final moments. You're not going to hear from either one of them next year, and it better not put the ground back on that field for nothing. Nice. Do the right thing by the player. You know what I mean? Do the right thing by the player. All he's done for your organization. Oh, my God. You know, Cousin Brucey, he, he sucked me in with that 13-game winning streak. <laughs> so I started to think there was a possibility uh, of the Yankees turning this thing around. But you know what, man? Like, you know, sports is very complex. It's very simple. Football, you got to block. You got to be able to run. You got to be able to stop the run. Baseball, you got to be able to pitch. You got to be able to pitch from the fifth inning on. And that's the Yankees' Achilles heel. You're not going anywhere in MLB playoffs without that. It is what it is, man. You know what I mean? It is what it is. I mean, we can get mad all we want. The worst thing in the world out of this situation was is when you hear how Steinbrenner talk about how it's the players. I translate that into Brian Cashman's not going anywhere. And I think that's really kind of the source of all of our problems. But, you know, what can we do? Now we just got to transition into the football. You know, um, I was very reticent, man. You know, I was skeptical. You know I am. I'm a New Yorker. I was very skeptical of Zach Wilson. I felt his body was kind of little. I felt the competition he played against was weak. You know, then I saw him on the field. And then I saw him tossing that ball around. And when he threw the ball, you know, there's a term that they use in sports. A lot of these athletes, they say it was different. It's very different, man. Mm-hmm. It was very different. So, you know, I'm looking to the baby face assassin right now. I'm fully behind him. I just copped the jersey. And, um, you know, oh. that's where my focus is, New York sports fan. That, that's where it is. Listen, it is what it is. He's yeah, here. Right. I'm behind him. He's here. I'm behind No, listen, let's be honest, though. It's not like he came out there and he looked like he, he wasn't able to do this. He came out there. I don't care who he was throwing against. Second, third, fourth, string, whatever. That ball was coming out of his hand like a laser beam, like the video game. And um, I love my man, Coach Cesar Salad. He's my kind of guy. But let's be for real. That Carl Lawson stuff and all that other stuff, depending on guys who are marginal players, listen, the offense is going to be the part of the team that's going to carry us this year. I thought it was going to be a defense and it was going to be the running game, but it's going to be keeping our quarterback upright. Makai Becton, I hope you lost that 20 pounds because I'm sick of hearing about how you're getting beat off the edge. You know, if, if, if we can hold up, we give this guy 20 to 22 clean throws a game, he should be good for two or three touchdowns, man. I mean, I like the way the kid looks, and that's what it is, man. The baseball season in New York is over. Let's be for real. It's over. Well, I'll say this, Buddha, and thanks for the phone call. And here's our transition into football, Gordon. <laughs> I'll say this, and I think I heard you. I was in the car. God, you're on all the time. I have to think oh, of what yes, day it was. So often, yes. Uh, it had to be a weekend, and you were you were chastising the Jet fans to say, yeah, I know what you're going to say. And – no matter what he does against Darnold, if, if somehow Carolina wins, you're going to kill this kid. You're going to kill him, yeah. paraphrasing you. Yep. And this is what this year is all about, Jet fans. This is really all about Sam Darnold. I mean, it's all about Sam Darnold going and Zach Wilson. And, of course, you want to see improvement. Obviously, you don't want to have another 2-14 and 14 season. But ultimately, what it's about is can this kid go against the top defenses in the National Football League, Gordon, not turn the football over, and you watch him. First of all, can he play the full seasons, number one, his availability? And number two, does he not make mistakes? And if he does make them, does he not make the same mistakes over and over again? You're, you're building a quarterback here. The record, while it's important, is not is, is secondary this year. Yeah, well, look, the NFL wins. It's always about the wins, but it's less about that this year with the Jets. It's about seeing that the organization is pointed in the right direction. I've said before, 
Jet fans have to have more hope and, and faith coming into this year than they've had the last few years. And now, you know, over the course of the year, how much of that hope and faith will you have at the end of the year? Will it be will it grow from where it is right now? Will it be about the same when you get to the end of the year? Will you realize how many holes the team has? Will it have fewer holes than you think it's going to have? So this year, it's very rare for any team going into a season thinking, you know what, it's not really about the wins and losses, but I think the Jets kind of fall into that category, mainly because it can't be any worse. There's right. no way they can go out and win two. They added an extra game, right? Like, there's no way that they're going to go out and be 2-14 and 14 or 2-15. and 15. So it has to be better than it was before, simply because it's a little fresher. Right now, mm-hmm. you got a quarterback, you got a coach. You're hoping that the organization is pointed in the right direction, mainly because they've been pointed straight down for a long time here. It is. And, and for the Jet fan, here's what you're looking at. You want to make sure you have a really good coach and – for me, with him, Gordon, the, the thing which I've really criticized a lot of the previous Jet coaches about has been their inability to make adjustments in game. You know, you, you see these things, you get beat by the same thing, and you don't make any adjustments during the game. So you want to see how Salah runs a huddle. You want all these old sidelines, all this stuff you're looking for now that it's official, right? Now that it's on the road in Carolina, you've got a former quarterback, you've got a former wide receiver. You've got a very talented running back on that on that Carolina offense, so you your defense is going to be challenged, and the question is going to be, can your young quarterback put up enough points to keep you in the game until the offensive line gets to gel with each other because they've had so many injuries, they haven't really played together. Your defensive line has got to gel together. They've had injuries. They haven't played together. The secondary is still a major concern, Gordon, because I don't know what you're going to do with, without a pass rush. I think they're going to get burned. So there's a lot of moving parts with this team this year, and you know it would be great to to it would be great for you to get a win or at least be in the game, right? You don't want to be blown out, Gordon, in the first game. You want to no. be in the game. You want yeah. to be where you say, you know what? It comes down to the last maybe a couple of plays in the fourth quarter. If you're in there, that's a good start. That's a good place to start. Yeah, and look, uh, I'll say this. Robert Sala has never really coached a game that matters. You know, the preseason doesn't uh, really count. There's no. I'm, I'm fairly confident at no point during a game this year will he be sitting on the bench by himself drawing on a notepad about some, I, I don't even know what, some offensive play, just sitting by himself while the game's going on. And we saw that multiple times with Adam Gase. He would just yeah. be sitting on the bench. Game is going on. Offense is out there. Defense is out there. It doesn't matter. Just kind of just sitting by himself, drawing on his on his card, and and so I'm I'm fairly confident that the I don't know how much of an upgrade it will be, but I'm 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 a hundred percent I would be willing to go to FanDuel that it will be an upgraded head coach. Promo code Gordon. Yes. Oh, no question. I would be I would be locking that in as soon as. I mean, they have. I mean, even last year they should have had more than two wins, right? Sure. And that was with by far I would think the worst coach we have seen in the NFL in a very long time. Yeah. It's true. I mean, I can't – I'm trying to think off the top of my – I mean, I know co-tight, but that's a long time ago now. Um, it's hard to think of a coach who was worse than what Adam Gase was last year. He was really bad. He was really, really bad. bad. <laughs> really bad. <laughs> like, you can't be worse. And he wasn't that way in Miami. I still don't understand no, what happened to him. No, he was not. Him. No, he was not as bad in Miami, but I think he was – I don't think he was ever a good coach. But then he got here, and he was also working with a talent deficit that was greater mm-hmm. than it was down in Miami, too. So, um, yeah. yeah, look, you're, you're hoping that the, organiza- the organization is on more solid footing mm-hmm. now than it's been in a while because of all the draft picks that you got coming up and all the, all the future stuff that you can kind of you know, hook your wagon to and have a little bit of hope about. But now it's about what do, you, what do you already have, right? Like now it's time to find out just how much work there is to do with all those draft picks. I am excited, and that is a fact, man. I'm excited about this team, this coaching staff, the enthusiasm they have. You want to see every team's got some enthusiasm, but these guys are young. They know where they are. Salah has, at this point, he's got these guys pretty darn ready. That's Joe Namath on Greeny today here on 98.7 ESPN. And Gordon, I'll say this. Robert Sala is a, there's an energy on this team with this team that you clearly didn't see last year, and you you have to go back a couple of years with with the type of energy that you've seen from this franchise. Well, what do they say when you fire one coach? You always want like the direct opposite yeah. type of personality and approach. 
Adam Gase was about as as laid back and and uh, not in your face uh, as you can be on a sideline. I mean, he was about as removed and he seemed almost distant from the players. Uh, and that's not Robert Salas style. So I don't know if he's gonna, you know, I don't know if he's gonna be successful. You know, for for Joe Namath to say all the things, every fan of every team right now feels like, you know what, we're moving in the, you know, maybe not the Texans or, or maybe not, a, you know, a couple other teams. But basically every team on the verge of the season is looking forward to the season. So now it's about seeing what you got. I think clearly for Salah in his first year, he's going to get a little bit more uh, leeway uh, mm-hmm. coming in because, you know, you got a rookie quarterback. The The talent is still – I mean, you'd, you'd say the, Jet, the Jets are probably still, in terms of talent, a bottom five, bottom six roster. I mean, it's about building this up. So there, there's going to be some tough days ahead. If they could get, you know, a, a solid performance, a win even in week one, uh, that would be fantastic. But I think they're clearly going to get more wins than they had last year. I don't know how many more wins, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, if they get, if they, to me, if they got five wins, that's a sensational year. Considering what you're dealing with, rookie quarterback, still a, an emerging offensive line, a defense that's going to take its knocks. Five wins to me, that is uh, above and beyond, I think, what uh, anybody could realistically expect. Yeah, it, it is going to be interesting. And for Joe Willie, he's like, man, I watched these teams like walking down there, <laughs> walking around the last couple of years. What a difference. And I think that's what jumps out at you, Gordon, you know? It, it, just like you said, the the it just looks as though, and this is watching them totally from the outside, Gordon, it looks as though that this is, this is just a competent person that's well-organized, that's got things just simply done. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it just looks like a couple of tweaks here. This is how you're supposed to run an NFL team. And it just looks like it wasn't ran that way before. Yeah, no, I mean, in the last few years, uh, it was definitely, I'm not a Jet fan, but I would think it would be very difficult to have any faith that anything good was going to happen while Adam Gase was here. Yeah, uh, it, it just did not feel that way. And and Robert Sala, at least he gives off the impression of a football coach, right? Like if you met him, it, you didn't know what he did and, and you just kind of met him and, and see how, you know, he kind of goes about things. You could see him being a football coach. Adam Gase, mm-hmm. you never really got that. True. He was he was supposed to be the quarterback whisperer, right? He was supposed yeah. to be the guy behind the scenes. He wasn't really like a head coach. Like while his time here, he didn't take care of anything on the defense, right? Like nothing nope. on the defense was his concern. Nope. So at least with Robert Sala, I feel like he's a guy who's the head coach of the football team. He's responsible for all aspects of the football team, and that was another area in the last couple of years didn't feel that way. Mike's in Sleepy Hollow joins us next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Mike. Hey, what's up, guys? How you guys doing? Hey, Mike. Hey, I just wanted to say I love the show. You guys are uh, fantastic together. It's such a great duo. You guys uh, make it work. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, but uh, listen, just wanted to continue the conversation here about the Jets. Um, it's the whole Adam Gates thing. I remember where I was when they <laughs> hired him. <laughs> Just the whole press conference, Chris Johnson saying uh, Adam Gates is coaching where football's going. I mean, it was a rock bottom. You know, you bring up Coast Heights. You know, Gates, it it, it was right there, man. I mean, I was around for a Coast Heights. This was, uh, you know, it was terrible. But they might have fallen into something good here with Salah. Um, I think they're headed in the right direction finally. And, Larry, like you were just saying, they look like a competent football team. Um, you couldn't always say that, right? No, you couldn't, Mike. And thanks for the phone call. But once again, now that's just we're only talking about preseason. We have to find out now when you play, you know, the ones, and you're going out now when it's for real, and the speed is that much quicker than it was in preseason. So that's why I'm looking to make the adjustment. Look, Gordon, I've heard a lot of people, a lot of our analysts here at ESPN have said a lot of glowing things about Zach Wilson and. From what they've seen, I yield to them. Gordon, I still got to see when yeah. it's the real, just the real folks who have schemed against him. That's where you see. And, and look, I don't, I'm not rooting for him to fall on his face. I'm just saying that's when you really find out when you see him roll out and have to scramble and make the right reads and do the things that you see him do against the twos and the threes. And yes, he did them against whoever's out there, and that's his job. But you re- that's what really. That's where you really get the sense of, is he our guy? Is, is, can he do that week in and week out? And I know he's going to make mistakes. Gordon, of course he is. He's a rookie of quarterback. Yep. Of course he's going to make mistakes. But 
Will he be able to recover from those mistakes or will he have those mistakes pile? And do we start to hear, I'm seeing ghosts again? That's what you don't want to hear. Well, look, a lot of the people, and I'm not going to say all of them, but a lot of the people that are saying all these brilliant things about Zach Wilson, they all said the same things about Sam Darnold at the time, right? Like, he, oh, he's going to be the, you know, he's going to take over this town. He's going to be, a, he's a star in the making. Oh, man. The Jets fell into something great with this guy. He's going to be unbelievable. You just wait and see. So it does take it does it does kind of become hard to take everything that all those people are saying without you know the the proverbial uh, grain of salt. Um, I would just say that I think what Jet fans have to be looking for is to no longer be the punchline. Like mm-hmm. last year, it was like every single week. I, I think the line I was using was you know the the 2020 Jets. You have to see it to believe it because that's just how bad it was. Um, you're hoping that that's not going to be like, they might not win a lot of games, but they can't be doing the things that are just embarrassing. Like the, 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 the season opener against Buffalo, where it seemed like they were surprised that there was even a game or the Niner game where they were just getting steamrolled. I mean, every single week, it seemed like another embarrassing thing was happening. So if the coach is, is competent, which it certainly looks like he is, if the quarterback is talented, which it certainly seems like he is, if there's some some talent on offense, which you didn't have last year in terms of the skill positions, far more talent, I think, at the skill positions than you were a year ago. If the offensive line is better than it was a year ago, you should be able to put up some points. And I think that will go a long way to kind of washing out the, the bad taste that you've had the last couple of years. And, and the Gase thing, I remember, Larry, I, I was on, and because he was in Miami, mm-hmm. I was saying at that time, my general take was, look, he's not the worst coach in the world. I get it. He's, he's not what you wanted, but he's not the worst coach in the world. And then he had that press conference. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God. That, I mean, with the, the, you know, the, the eyes and then, of course, all the memes with the tacos floating around. and I mean, it got bad from jump, and it really only got worse. I mean, yeah. it, it started ba- – you know, usually when something is bad or something is good – like a signing or a trade, there's ups, there's downs. You know, things kind of go different directions. Mm-hmm. With him, it started bad, and it just stayed bad the entire time. So at least you have a fresh start, and at least you have somebody now that it makes you feel like, you know what, our organization, which has been the butt of jokes for a long time, it has been a punchline for a long time, this is the best footing we've been on in probably 10 years, right? I mean, it's been 10 yeah. years now since they've made while. the playoffs, so – it's been a long time since the Jets have, have had at least a, a bright future. And at least you could look at it and say, all right, I can see a way where this goes well, right? Like, I can see a way that Zach Wilson is going to be this, this, this star quarterback with everything that everybody's saying. Everybody in, in NFL circles loves Robert Sala. I can see the team being built up because now we have all these draft picks. So, um, yeah, I mean, I can see that there's a, re- a legitimate reason for hope. Every fan base right now has hope. Some of it should be uh, doused a little bit with some reality. I think the Jet fan, after what they've been through, they deserve to have a little bit of hope. And now he's playing left field for the Yankees. Seven Gase. And now he's playing left field for the Yankees. Yeah, yeah, right? I mean. <laughs> you see those eyes on Gallup? Oh, man, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a flashback. Yeah. It's like, ooh. <laughs> but I, I'll be honest with you. I, I remember the, the co-type press conference, mm-hmm. and I remember Leon Hess saying, you know, he's one of them D's and D's kind of guys. I don't remember. And look, maybe it's because social media wasn't back then and it wasn't so prevalent. I don't remember a coach who came in and it was that negative. St- and, and, and all, you know, the fans were absolutely right. I mean, as, as neg- the, wor- the most negative Jet fan at that signing – was the most correct because it was just mm-hmm. an absolute disaster. And even when they won some games at the end of the first year, that was probably the worst thing that could have happened. Yeah, it's true. It really is. You know, Gordon, during the break, I was uh, watching uh, the late Lee Leonard. Oh, yes. Host the today? first ever. Yeah. 42 wow. years ago today, Gordon, host the first ever ESPN Sports Center telecast. Ah, not much has changed in 42 years, right? No. Well, yeah, when you look at the video. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you look at the video, Gordon, there's been some changes. Yeah, just (laughs) a few, few. right? Yeah, just a few, just a few. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY. 98 underscore 7 FM at the bottom of the hour. It's back. Answers with Aaron. Oh, baby. It's been, you know what? I am out of practice. I know. 
So we're going to give you just one to get you back okay. into the swing of things. All right. You know, because it's only fair. It's only yeah, I got to get back into that mindset. I got to yes. grind, you know. I got to grind it out. Yeah. See, the nicknames, Booney and, and Judgy. Yeah. And no, he didn't mention any of them. G. Big <laughs> he didn't G. mention any of them. No. <laughs> None of them were mentioned because no. they didn't no. do a thing. You no. have to worry about any nicknames tonight. No, not tonight. <laughs> no, not, not in a nickname kind of mood tonight. No, no. And neither was he, I'm sure. Neither was he. Val's in the Bronx. He's next on 98.7 ESPN. Larry, my man, it's been a while, brother. What's up, Val? Doing Doing great, man. What's happening? How are you, Mr. Ford? Hey, Val, what's going on, pal? What's going on? I'm good, man. What's up? I'm all right. I'm all right. Give me a minute for a second, guys. Because you know what? Everybody is doing this to me, okay? You guys, Anita, Colin, everybody, is trying to cool my jet. Just give me a minute. Let me just tell you why I think the way I think and why I feel the way I feel, okay? First of all, that Gates conversation, everybody who talks about New York sports fans, right, they won't tell you how intelligent we are and how, you know, we know our stuff and everything like that. Dude, that, that take on Adam Gates, that was a no-brainer, bro. From the minute it happened, we were all like, the guy is a losing coach. Why are we bringing him in here? You know, it made no sense at all. There was McCarthy out there. There were all kinds of people that were out there. Why did we go and get this guy? So we are going to try to pretend. You know, like how like they talk about, um, uh, what is it? They say the, the, the history is written by the victors. We are about to be victors. And we are about to make it so that that record, as far as we're concerned, is like, the, like how the WWF does things when they throw away people. Adam Gates did not exist on our radar at all. He is no longer in our history books. Is there some way that we can strip that all the way off? That's exactly what we did. It's almost as if we weren't in the league for two or three years. That's how we're going to play it from now on. But getting back to the present right now, I am so enthusiastic about what's going to happen this season. And I'm going to give you three reasons why. First one being, and my girl Anita hit it on the head, this is the first time in a very, very long time. Between all the stuff with, like, you know, the coach wasn't picked by the GM and the GM wasn't picked by the coach, and they're both talking to the, the owner and all this stuff, this is the first time in a very, very long time that we actually have all three spots, all three critical spots with our ships pointed in the, in the same direction. And by that I mean Mr. Douglas, Mrs. Allah, and I'm giving him the respect because I see what he's doing. I like what he does, Mr. Wilson. The coach, the GM, and the quarterback are all on the same page and on the same time schedule. And that is something to be very, very grateful for. The second reason I'm going to give you right now, too, we actually have bona fide. A lot of what happened with Sam, okay, there were certain things that went on with the, you know, the different coaches and all that stuff. But honestly speaking, we never had receivers who could get any, from the tight end to the receiver, we never had anybody who could create any kind of separation. So whether or not he could read the field or he could the, – the defender was always like – it, it always had to be a miracle play for us to get even just the simplest completion. We actually have a bona fide – I mean, some of the talent with Elijah Moore, he's a college kid we don't know yet, but up from everything that we see right now, we have guys that look like they know – like they can play their role, guys that look the part, okay? And Wilson – Everybody's saying, you know, it's, it's second stringers and all this stuff like that. But what you have to really look at when you watched him play in the preseason is how he went through his progression. I know the speed of the game was a little bit different because it was the preseason. And, again, it wasn't the first teamers and that kind of thing. But you had to watch the cerebral part of it go through his mind in those few seconds from the minute the snap took place. He was actually able to go one, two, sometimes even come back to his first read. And that is, and he's comfortable and poised in the pocket. So once he makes that decision, all you hear is how effortlessly that ball comes out of his head, that, that, that snap, that release. And it's a button throw. So you know what? If we could just get – I mean, the secondary worries me, but if we could just get our offensive line to gel, and that's what concerns me a little bit because, you know, between Beckton is the second-year player, we got the rookie, Veracruz, and there's a bunch of other pieces that we have. Tucker. If we can get them to gel and, and, and protect, you know, Wilson and keep them upright, just like Buddha was saying, I think we can get, you know, if we can limit the amount of times we actually have to, like, you know, expose them as far as throwing the ball, I think we can get good things to happen. That's so what win total, Val? Give me a win total. 
How many wins? Six wins? I'm t- you know what? You, you're going to tell me I'm crazy. I'm not even giving you a win total right now. I'm telling you right now, apart from Buffalo, I'm not afraid of anybody in our division. And I actually think, I'm not saying we're going to get the wild card, but I think come the end of the season, we will be playing meaningful games and actually challenging for that wild card spot. And if we're lucky, we actually might get one. I really, really truly believe that. Everybody's going to be like, this, who is this crazy guy from the Bronx team? What is he smoking? <laughs> I haven't touched anything yet for the night. This is truly how I feel. Because, I mean. Well, I'll say this for you, Val, and, and, and thanks for the phone call. The thanks for the phone call, my friend. We're up against it. I'll say this. You are a very optimistic fan. And for other Jet fans who have suffered the way you guys have over the years, I hope you're right. But I think what Gordon and I are saying is that, hey, listen, anything can happen. Things could go right. You might have a better season, but your expectation, it's better off for you to to buy low. And if it's high, enjoy it. Yeah, you still get the benefits. Even if they exceed your expectation, like I don't think anybody uh, felt bad about the Knicks exceeding expectations this past year, right? It's still good. And I think Val is absolutely right in that what he says that, yes, I think he's crazy. I think he's crazy if he thinks that they're going to be competing for a wild card. But look, that's why we watch sports, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. nothing, anything can happen. I mean, Zach Wilson could come in here. And if he is Patrick Mahomes esque, that could lead you to some 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 unexpected wins, and I don't think the AFC East is some uh, juggernaut of a division. Uh, I think the Bills are clearly the class of it. Patriots are hoping for a better year. Miami, who knows? And uh, the Jets should be able to get some wins there. Yeah, you know, it, it it is an interesting division, and you know, I'm still I'm very curious to get your thoughts about Mac Jones getting the start up in uh, New England so early. You know what I mean, Gordon? And then changing the running backs back there. So we'll talk about that in a second. But, uh, yeah, look, here's the thing. Right now, here's what, once again, this is what you want from your Jet team. And all the, I heard what you said, Val, about, you know, looking second read, third read, coming back. You're not going to have all that time. Not all that time. Not every week. You're not going to have that time. So the question's going to be, okay, and which you didn't have, you didn't see a lot of that, Gordon, and that's a good thing in a sense, is that is he going to be able to scramble out of that and still keep his eye down the field, right, and find out if a play op- player opens up and you make that play? That's the thing. His job is to keep the line moving, keep the chains moving, and that's what you want to see from him. And if their goal is to be in every single game, if you've got competitive games all through the year, Gordon, it's a win. You're going to oh, win that's, some of that's, them. That's, yeah, that's an absolute win. Um, we'll see. Uh, look, I'm sure that there's going to be ups and downs. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's not like the see for every team. There, there's no very few teams like you go into the season expecting one thing, and it just continues that way through. I mean, even though the NFL season flies by, man, there's lots of twists and turns, especially yep. for teams that are starting to hopefully find themselves like the Jets are hopefully going to find themselves over the course of the year. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.